Today on the Profitable Trading Podcast. Part of the reason why it was so important for us to make this work is because this is now our future because our retirement accounts have been cashed out. As we got bigger, the opportunities grew and we pushed him over into full-time sales. Last year, he had his first million dollar year in sales. He's on track for doing a million too this year. You see the growth in people. And we knew it could work. And we knew that the reason it wasn't working is because we weren't doing something that we needed to do, but we didn't know what that was. And so we were gonna figure out what that was no matter what. We took that one podcast, implemented it the next day. Within a week, we saw incredible changes and differences. It was night and day. Yeah, everything changed. On today's episode, I interview Lucian and Corey Stacey from Left Coast Scales, who are members of the Million Dollar Trading Program and have built a successful business and are based in California, and they've recently shifted uh, to Arizona. Now, during their time with us, they've improved their profitability, they've built structure in their business, they've developed a strong culture with their team and created a formidable partnership, both uh, as husband and wife and as business partners. Tune in as Lucian and Corey talk us through their exciting journey. You're listening to the Profitable Trading Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back, and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat. Hit the follow button. Let's get started. They say success leaves clues, and on today's episode of the Profitable Trading Podcast, I interview husband and wife team, the dynamic duo, Lucian and Corey Stacey from Left Coast Scales. So welcome, Lucian and Corey. It's great to have you here. Uh, so I was just going back through the notes uh, of when you actually joined the Million Dollar Trading Program, which uh, I, I have a lot of fun doing when I do these, and uh, it makes some interesting reading. Uh, now, it's said that you've been in business for, for 20 years, so you had an established business, uh, uh, but you'd never really been able to get ahead, and you felt like you were stuck in the, the day-to-day whirlwind of running the business. That the business was you know, heavily reliant on you, and that you were struggling with, uh, with what to do and where to start to get things moving in the right direction. So I guess just to jump off, can you talk us through why it was important to make changes when you did? Yeah, um, I'll start. So number one, um, we have kind of a, an interesting past. I think when you're in business for 20 more or more years, you have kind of a, an, an interesting path to get there. And ours involved um, partnership with family members that didn't work out well. And Lucian actually left the company for a short period of time. Um, we uh, changed um, the ownership structure. We actually cashed Lucian's retirement funds out in order to uh, buy out those partners so that we no longer had them. And um, and honestly, part of the reason why it was so important for us to make this work is because this is now our future because our retirement accounts have been cashed out in order to make that happen. So that was, you know, that was a big part of it. Uh, part of the reason why we didn't just um, give up and let the business go when that was kind of the probably more sensible option is because we had employees that really needed the jobs and um, because of circumstances they were in, they would have been difficult to find employment other you know, other places. So um, we felt that responsibility very strongly to them and continue to feel it very strongly. We have really wonderful people who work with us and, um, and it's important for us to make sure that they are, you know, taken care of. Um, and then, I think part of it is too that we're just really 
darn stubborn. And, um, and we knew it could work. And we knew that the reason it wasn't working is because we weren't doing something that we needed to do, but we didn't know what that was. And so we were going to figure out what that was no matter what. We knew that there was a lot of stuff that we needed to do. And there was so much stuff that we actually did do. Our vision, our, our vision statement, our culture, all this stuff that we defined and wrote down. We didn't have a clue how to implement it. And we had it. It was there. I can pull the paper out and show it to you. But what does it mean? How, does it, how do you implement that? And nobody ever really explains that portion of it. Yeah, I had been listening to the podcast, and I was I was just blown away by some of the stuff you guys were talking about. And I was on my way home from Arizona. I was driving along. It's 7 o'clock at night, and I called Corey up after I listened to the podcast on culture. And I said, you have to listen to this. And Corey said, I don't want to. I'm not going to do it. I'm busy. I said, please, you really need to listen to this. And she goes, fine, I will. And she said, I'll call you back in 30 minutes and we can talk about it. 10 minutes later, she called me back and she said, okay, I'm not going to call you back in 30 minutes. It's probably going to be like 45 minutes because I keep having to pause this because I'm writing stuff down. I've already, I've already rewritten our core values. We took that one podcast, implemented it the next day. Everybody kind of looked at us like we were a little bit off within a week. We saw incredible changes and differences. It was night and day. Yeah, everything changed. We saw that and we're like, if, that, if it can do that for us with this one small change, I don't care what it costs. Let's do it. And uh, here we are. We're actually uh, filming a podcast. So um, I think that's, uh, that's actually pretty cool. You know, you're very motivated people, and I love that about you. you you're people who make things happen, uh, which is great. But how did you actually feel when you, you knew you had some pieces that were missing and you weren't getting the results? How did that actually affect you, uh, you know, emotionally and mentally? It was a lot of stress. It was day to day. It was wondering, what are we doing wrong? What, I see people doing this. I know people that have done this for years and they're successful. Look at what they're doing. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, there was a lot of blame, like self-blame. Um, also, you know, when, when things aren't going well and you can't figure out why you, you shovel that blame around to others as well. Um, but the most was, was inwardly directed and you start feeling disheartened. Like there just isn't a way that this is going to get better. And I can't figure out how to fix this. I can't figure out how to make this work. And then you realize how many people are counting on you to do it right. And then you get really disheartened and pissed off you get pissed off too um because i know we're better than that yeah i hear you uh so let's jump forward a little bit can you talk to us about uh what the business looks like now so what what changes have you seen wow um we have a list <laughs> it it's so different it's hard you actually have to like go back and and it hasn't even been a year that we've been with the program um and we have to kind of go back and remember what it was like. I actually had to kind of go back and review, you know, notes and emails. And so I could kind of remember just how far we've come in that time. Um, as we mentioned, the culture is completely different. We started a new location, which is big. Um, we are, um, how do I put this? We're closer to being profitable consistently. We are still not out of the woods where it comes to profitability. But considering that last year we had over a $200,000 loss for the year, 
Um, the fact that we are, you know, profitable some months and almost profitable others is darn good considering where we had to come, you know, dig ourselves out of. Um, and we're not the everything anymore. We were the everything. We, we worked nights, we worked weekends, we worked just all the time. And we felt like the whole company was on our shoulders and we don't feel that way anymore. There are people who just take care of things and we never even deal with them. When I joined the program, one of the reasons, one of the reasons we did it is because I saw the, the, um, the roadmap for systems. I looked at the roadmap and I'm like, we don't have any of this. I was like, no, we do. We have a lot of this stuff way up here at the top, all this high level stuff, but all the stuff that feeds into it isn't there. We've built a structure on quicksand. We don't have a good foundation. And without that foundation, we keep failing at all the stuff that we need to do. I like to call it the connective tissue. The connective tissue is missing between the pieces. It's great stuff. It's, uh, it's so good to see how you're uh, excited about where things are going. Uh, that's, uh, that's important because your energy you bring to the business is, is huge. And uh, I'd like to sort of focus on that. So what are the, the results that you've achieved so far? What has that meant for you uh, and, and your family as well? Uh, in terms of how you feel about things. So as you mentioned in the beginning, we just moved to, to Arizona from California. We, um, the business is still operating in California. We're opening a third office here in the Arizona Phoenix area. Um, and the idea was that Lucian was going to um, stay out here during the week, come home on weekends. And uh, we just weren't going to see each other very much because I was needed in, in California still. And uh, when we got to the point where we were actually purchasing a house here, um, I looked around and I, and I said, you know what, I'm going to move out here with you because the stuff that I do, I can mostly do virtually. And we have really good people in place in California. And this allows us to be together most of the time. I still do travel back and forth, but we have a granddaughter in California. So that's kind of inevitable anyway. But I'm primarily in Arizona. And um, and it's allowed us freedom from, from the business in ways that I couldn't have pictured a year ago. Um, we actually have some free time. That's really odd. I didn't know what free time was. When the computers go down at the office, it's not, Lucian, everything's down, come fix it. I get a phone call saying the computers went down and Matthew worked on it and now it's working. It's not, I have to take care of it. I have to do it. Corey, Corey, this is a problem. No, you guys figure it out. You're adults. We've given you the power, the responsibility. Trust your people. Let them do the work. And if you have the right people, it will work. And it's up to you to pick the right people. Yeah, right now it's really cool because Lucian's managing himself, and that's a, that's all he's managing, which is a good idea. Um, and I'm managing managers is who I'm managing. So I don't have any kind of frontline people that are under my direct management. So everything is handled by others and then they bring it to me when either when they need some assistance or some mentoring it's incredible how how your yeah how your team can step up when you give them the opportunity when you've got the right people uh it's um isn't it an amazing surprise my sales manager used to sleep on my couch when he was a kid he would come over he was my son's best friend and he came to work for us and he was a technician i don't like people i can't i just want to do my job and get it done brought him in and we started pushing him a little bit more and we pushed him into sales we said you really need to start doing some sales stuff i don't want to do sales i hate sales i hate sales he eventually worked into becoming our service manager he was doing some service sales selling some product and selling the, selling the service that we do 
And as we got bigger, the opportunities grew and we pushed him over into full-time sales. Last year, he had his first million dollar year in sales. He's on track for doing a million too this year. That's amazing. You see the growth in people. He now loves sales. He's, I was talking to him the other day. He's like, you know, if I see a $2,000 sale, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's, not, it's not time for it. I'll, I'll turn that over to somebody else. I'm looking for the 30000 the 50000 $100,000 sale. This is what I'm going for. And he's being successful at it because he's got that confidence in himself that he never had before. Knowing what motivates your people is a huge thing. And he, was, he thought he was motivated by the dollar, the amount that he was getting. But then when he realized that it's a game and that's the way you keep score, all of a sudden his eyes lit up and he has just grown incredibly. It's a, I love it. I love being being out there to help other people do to become what they need to be or they want to be. Yeah. And there is a, there's a really good lesson in this. Uh, and the challenge as a business owner, uh, often we, uh, we're concerned about them making a mistake or not getting it right. Uh, and there's that tendency to jump in and micromanage and, and look over their shoulder. And so many business owners fall into that trap and then they wonder why their team don't take initiative because they take away the opportunity to show initiative. And so I think something you've done really well is actually giving them the space to, to try things and they will make mistakes. This is going to happen. You know, the, question, the thing is, as business owners, we've all made mistakes as well. Like we've made more than most. Uh, that's, that's why we're more successful because the more mistakes, you know, the quicker you learn. Uh, so I think that's that's hats off to you for that. And that's a big lesson to anyone listening is like, you have to give your team the opportunity to try things out and learn their skills. Uh, and it's tough, right? It does your head in sometimes, <laughs> but you have to do it. Yeah, I see our jobs as mentors. My job is to guard the company culture and make sure that everybody is acting in the way that the company needs them to act as a cohesive team. But really it's, it's to mentor the people in it to make sure that they feel comfortable growing and stretching their wings. Um, it's not to criticize. It's not to nitpick. It's not, um, it's not to come down hard on anybody. Um, it's really about just supporting them as they learn how to do things the right way. I'd love to know what have been the key milestones or changes that you've made along the way over the last 12 odd months that have contributed to your results. What are maybe the key things or the key milestones that you see? Number one is culture. Um, and, and so many people kind of poo-poo the importance of it, but the point is that your company, this thing that you gave birth to, because I think of it as a separate entity, it's, it's a person, it's a child I have to nurture, I have to take care of, um, and it's temperamental and it has its own opinions about things and it doesn't always match mine, um, but it's a real live being and, um, and I have to think of it that way. Um, but I put a lot of my heart and soul and time and money and tears and frustrations into building this thing. And I want everyone who works for it to see it the same way I do. And I want all of our customers to see it the same way I do. And I want our vendors to see us the same way I do. And the only way you can do that is by really clearly defining what it is that makes your company your company and by um, really communicating that and communicating it over and over and over again and making everybody in the company tie everything they do to the way that the company works so that everybody is thinking the same way 
uh, acting the same way. And, you know, when I talk about it, it sounds like, you know, it's this awful droning, you know, rah, rah thing that sounds terrible, but we have three core values and they're, we love what we do. We're a company of learners and we believe we are partners with our customers. Those are, those are our core values. And we try and make sure that everything we do is represented in those three core values. We base, the, we base our decisions on when we're talking to our people on how do you meet those core values when we're, when we're looking at them and asking them, why did you do that? How does that fit with our core values? How does that work? And we hold them accountable to those. That's so much a part of what we're doing. And as part of that, some of the other milestones that we've done is we've obviously have this new office, but a new test truck, a new big uh, rig. We're getting ready to hire a couple more people. We've created a position for an estimator that we had no clue that we even needed an estimator until we were working with the program. And we've moved somebody into that position and he has freed up our salesman to do his job to go out there and talk to customers instead of dealing with all the small stuff, he's now able to get out there and work on these projects that are, they're actually making us profitable. That's one of the key things that has made us realize that what we're doing is in the right direction. We took a person that was a technician, he was an okay technician, but he had a real problem with crashing our vehicles. Instead of firing him, we took him and moved him into an office position where he's working on quotes. He knows what the jobs are. He knows how to do the work and he's smashing the job. And it's, it's incredible. You give somebody the opportunity to do something and you should not be surprised when they succeed if they're the right person. I was just going to say, we took one of our best technicians um, and uh, she was interested in, in moving, uh, by the way, we have two female technicians, which is very unusual in our industry. Um, but she was interested in moving locations. And so instead of um, keeping her where we had her, which we really liked her where we had her, but we wanted to support her and what she needed, we actually moved her into a lead technician position and um, have turned her into our company trainer because she's such a good technician and she communicates very well. And so now she's responsible for making sure that the whole quality of our technician force is up to speed and is the caliber we want it to be. And that's not Lucian's responsibility anymore. He just handed over the reins and he doesn't have to think about it anymore. And that's the coolest thing. Amazing. In a business, when you can get your team training your team and when you can get your team hiring Rather than you doing all that, your business actually starts to take off because it frees up so much of that decision-making fatigue and so many of the so much more headspace for you to do the bigger picture stuff. So uh, that's amazing, uh, and I love what you're saying about culture. I think uh, Keith Cunningham said, "Culture eats strategy for breakfast." Like culture is is everything. Uh, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. So you've got the values, which are huge, and I, I love that. It's powerful when you recruit people because they can see that you're different, you stand for something. Uh, and it's a great way of holding people accountable, uh, you know, when they're working in your business. But what are some of the other things that you've done and strategies you've put in place to really build the culture? In our meetings, we talk about our core values and we talk about our company culture. And we actually have people talk about over the last week, where have you seen this in action? so that it's it's kind of a constant um 
one of our core values is that we're a company of learners and we believe strongly in um, gaining new skills. Um, we can talk about that in just a second, but we also have told people, hey, if you think there's something that could be valuable to you in your job and you want to pursue it, make a case for it, we'll pay for it. So if somebody wants to take some you know, college classes and they can make a case for why that's valuable to the company, then they are welcome to do that. And we'll pay for the college classes, we'll pay for the books and supplies, we'll pay for whatever, we'll work with them with their schedules so they can go. We pay for uh, technicians to get their commercial driver's licenses. We, it's a, a, a very extensive class that has to be gone through over six months. And we give them the time and the, the money to do that. And we'll pay for the time they spend in the class, not just for the class itself, but for their time so that they can actually go to the class. So we really try and live what we say. One of the big problems I've always had with working for somebody is I'm valuable to you, pay me more. Okay, well, how are you valuable to me? And it's very subjective. And one of the issues that we had from the very beginning is we've been, we've hired on the friends and family program. For somebody that's not in that program, somebody that's an outsider, why are they being paid more? What is their value? Why are they, they're getting paid more because they're your son, they're your, they're your cousin, they're your brother. And we did not want that. We wanted to be able to say that you're being paid based on what you know your value to the company and what you do for us. And so we decided to come up with a structure that is based on knowledge levels, on the experience that somebody brings to the job. And part of that, is, and we spell it all out very clearly. We say, these are the skill sets that we have. We have to do all of our own internal training, training because we're a very small trade. We're a very specialized trade. There are about 10,000 people in the entire United States that do what we do. So we designed our own training program that takes them from not knowing anything all the way up. And we can create a program for you to go from that level to the next level to the next level. It's up to them to push themselves to get it though. If you want another raise, push yourself to get to the next level. Really awesome over what you've done. It's very visible, isn't it? So people can see at this level, this is what the pay scale is. Once I add uh, these skills, then I can get the next level of pay scale. Uh, and then if I add this skill, I can get the next level of uh, pay scale. So it's all transparent. Everyone knows what it is. And there's none of the, well, why is he or she getting paid more than me? Well, it's because they can do that. And you can't yet. But if you want to get paid that, we'll teach you how to do that. And we don't limit it to just our field technicians. Our office staff is welcome to learn how to weld, to welcome to learn how to drive a forklift, and they are welcome to those raises. Our service manager was our receptionist at one point. She said, I want to learn what they're doing out in the field. So she rode around with some of the technicians. She went through our entire trainee program and became a calibration technician and then became a PM technician. That's awesome. You want to learn how to weld, you, you learn well enough, you practice at it, you get that certificate, or you just take our internal test, you can have your dollar an hour. If you get a certificate, you can have the $3 an hour. I'm more than happy to give it to you because it allows you to understand what's happening with those guys out in the field when they're out there working on it. You, you may never go out there and burn metal for me, but your knowledge of how it's done and what is actually involved in it does have value to me because 
now you have that perspective of what those guys are actually doing out in the field. And when somebody calls up and says, hey, your guy was doing this, that, and the other, and I don't think it's worth it. You, hey, I've done the job. I know what it takes. So, yes, it, it has true value to me. What I'd love to do is talk about the uh, the advice or suggestions that you would have for other business owners who are listening, who are, who are stuck in their business at a certain uh, level of revenue or or profit or team size or not quite sure what they should do next to get out of the the rut or the whirlwind that they're in. What would be your advice from your experience that they should do? You have to you have to take risks and you have to be brave and let yourself take risks. You have to let yourself fail and you have to be okay knowing that that's a possibility. The biggie for me, I think, is you know my belief that the business is an entity, and I think so many people starve their businesses. They just starve them. You can't starve them. You have to nourish them, and nourishing them doesn't come from you know working eighteen hours a day every day of the week. It comes from making sure that that you're giving it the resources that it needs, making sure you're investing where you need to invest instead of you know griping about each dime, each penny you're spending on things. Um, make sure you're smart with your investments. Make sure that it's something that's allowing the business to grow and be more than it was. I think that's one of the hardest things that people do is that they're afraid of that failure. There's, there's fear underneath making decisions. People are, are, are scared to fail. What if it doesn't work? What if I can't afford it? What if the money runs out? What if the work runs out? What if my team aren't up to scratch? What if they leave? All this what if stuff that goes on. But the question they don't ask themselves is, what if I don't do this? What's the cost to not making a decision? When you ask that question, you get a whole different set of answers. And that really is what drives a business forward. So I thought that was, um, that was right on the, on the mark. If you can't take a risk, you're going to have a lot of challenges with your business because it cannot move forward if you don't do things differently. If you are getting the same results, it's asking you to do things differently. It's like feedback from the universe. The company is either going to succeed or it's not. You have to be willing to fail and have to be willing to take that decision and say, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? And I may not be the right person to make this decision. And that has been a big part of, part of what we're doing, allowing the people that we've brought in people to make these decisions and we've allowed them to make those decisions and they've made much better decisions than I ever could have. That's very interesting. And I find that too, as our business has grown, that the, the, the key people you have actually make better decisions than you would, probably because they have a lot more time and headspace to do it because that's they're focusing on their job. Uh, and there was something else, Lucian, you said there, which really struck me is uh, if you don't make decisions in your business, eventually you won't be able to have, you won't, there won't be any decisions to make for you because you won't have a business. You, your options will be limited and cut off. Uh, so... Uh, I think that's that's massive. And you've been talking about partnerships, which is something I wanted to touch on a little bit. So we've talked about partnerships that uh, that don't work and the fact that uh, one of the key aspects of a good partnership is that your values and your interests and your goals align. Uh, because if they don't, that's difficult. And that's why a lot of business partnerships fail. And let's be honest, that's why a lot of marriages come under, relationships come under, under stress because in the long term, your your values are not the same. And your direction in life is not the same. So, uh, how long have you two worked together? I'd love to talk about uh, how you make that work. 
So I've been involved kind of from the beginning. Lucian was the primary person in the company for the first dozen years. Um, but I, I have always worked outside of the company um, full time at a very demanding job um, as well. So I, I participated in meetings and kind of after hours things and I kind of helped out where, where necessary. Um, when Lucian left in 2012, I, we retained our ownership and I actually took over um, interacting with my brother and sister who we were partners with. Um, for the time that he was out of the company, he was gone for two years. In 2014, um, when we decided that we were going to buy them out, I took over as CEO. I actually bought them out. Lucian did not. And so I took over as CEO and primary um, owner of the company. And um, I ran the company while I was working full time doing other things. Um, so I did it in my mornings before work. I did it uh, during my lunchtime. I did it after work. I did it weekends. Um, it was a, a very stressful time. Lucian was not participating in the company. I asked him to come back because I needed him. Um, and by ask, I mean, I made him come back. <laughs> when your wife asks, it's not an ask. Yeah, it's not. When you are making these decisions, I want you to be my partner. You have to be willing to risk ruining a relationship. You have to be willing to risk having somebody that will never look at you the same way again. And that's very difficult. And I don't think people realize that being a business partner can be, it can be closer than, a, than your marriage. And if you're not compatible, if you're not thinking in the same direction, if you're not working towards the same goals, it's not going to work. So what have you done as a husband and wife? Uh, what has made it a success for you to work together in a partnership? What are the, the, the keys that you've found? Respect and trust. Um, I think trust is is a huge part of it. But respect is, is really a part of it in the sense that we know what each does well and what each doesn't do so well. And we're really honest about those things with ourselves and with each other and um, have structured our positions in the company to take advantage of that. A lot of people would naturally assume that Lucian is in charge and I am you know, doing the office work. And that's not the case for us because that's not who we are and how we do things. Um, you know, in, in our case, I'm a better manager than he is. And so it makes sense. And I also make better strategic decisions than he does. And so it makes sense for me to be in that role. But we believe in each other and we believe in what we can do together. And that that really is a biggie for us. Um, also, um, and I think this is true of any partnership, um, but primarily a business partnership, there has to be somebody that is actually the final decision maker and the other person has to support that, has to be okay with that. And in our case, luckily at home and at work, that's me. Well, that was also the biggest problem that we had is that we didn't have a the buck stops here person with our prior partners. I had to go to them and say, hey, this is what I'd like to do. And they would say, well, this is not what I'd like to do. And we had to come to too many consensus decisions that were not in the business's best interest. Everything that was decided was very watered down and very delayed. I think that the comment you've made there about having one boss is unbelievably important. 
uh, and uh, we work with you know hundreds and hundreds of businesses, and sometimes the shareholders might even be 50-50, but in the day-to-day operations, there is a GM. Uh, there is someone who is actually responsible for those key calls, uh, and that is uh, that is huge. So um, uh, and it's good uh, if uh, the boss at home is the boss at work as well. It makes for a happy situation. Uh, we'll just leave it there. Um, yeah. Hey, I'd love to talk about mindset. So we've alluded to some of this through the through the discussion today, but what are the key mindset changes that you've had to make to improve the results in the business? Sounds funny because I'm, you know, talking about being brave and taking risks and how that's so crucial. Um, that's actually something I, I needed to learn how to do, which is why I'm so proud of where where I am with it, because um, I was, I won't say risk averse, but I was cautious. I was much more cautious than I am now. I'm the risk taker. We had the opportunity to start the business quite a bit earlier. And I was, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. And Corey wasn't there. And now I'm willing to take a lot more risks than he is. I'm, I'm the one that's gung ho, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. Let's move on it. And he's like, well, wait, let's look. I'm like, no, no, let's move on it. It fits our direction. It goes, yeah, and, and so it, it was hard one. It was really hard one. So it's easy to say, but really hard to do and really hard to learn how to do. You really have to create a really strong vision of what you want to achieve and really figure out what steps are needed to get there. Communicate it to everyone. Make sure everyone's really clear. Over communicate it. Talk about it all the time. Um, write it down, make sure everybody knows what you're working towards and then work your tail off to achieve it. That's, that's really what it comes down to, but you can't do that. If you don't know what you're working towards, you, if you don't know what you want to be and how you're going to get there, what do you know what to work on? Everything you're doing is just, you know, shots in the dark. Realizing that I can't be everything that I can't be the person that everybody has to rely on. I'm one of the best people to do what I do. I, I'm one of the best technicians in the country, but I'm not the best business owner. I'm not the best person to run the business. And I needed to really understand that. And so stepping back and letting other people step in and do some of the stuff that I'm not good at was really hard. Stop with the ego. Don't friggin' do it. If, you, if you're not good at it, why the hell are you doing it? Let somebody else do it. That is so hard. We have other people training. We have other people doing our IT work. These are all things that Lucian was responsible for doing. What that does is that frees him up to do the things he is best at. He's not managing, but he is still part of the strategic team and he is still part of the vision of where the company's going. It's a huge learning, isn't it? And it's quite a, it's quite a tough one. Uh, but when you get to that point where you can't do everything and things are falling over and you're dropping balls because you're juggling, juggling too many, uh, that's when you, it really hits home. Uh, so that's um, that's really insightful. Uh, so team, just to wrap things up, I'd love to know how important has been getting outside help and perspective in terms of the success and the changes that you've made? It's given us tools. So we now have tools at our disposal to help us make decisions, to help us uh, monitor where we are in the business, how we are in the business, uh, monitor when we're starting to go off track and what we need to do to get ourselves back on track before it becomes a big deal. Um, tools to help us determine what price should we be charging? What kinds of things should we be looking at? How should we be evaluating vendors? What should we be doing? Just 
just all of those things you need to make decisions on, we now have a whole toolbox at our disposal to help us do those things much more intelligently than we were doing them before. Before it was just kind of like, well, this seems right. And I don't like making decisions on what seems right. I like being data centric. Um, and so that's a biggie for me is, is the tools. Um, and then we talked about before that we had, uh, we had some stuff in place, but we were missing all the parts that connected the connective tissue between, um, right now we're working on defining clearly the point at which a job leaves the sales responsibility and becomes the service responsibility because we realized that we started to have things falling through the cracks and before it, it got too big, we started really talking about, okay, what exactly defines what, what, how are we going to, you know, we write it down. We make sure everybody's clear on it. We make sure everybody, uh, the people responsible know they're responsible for doing things. And we make it super clear cut where the responsibilities lie so that it becomes a seamless process instead of a kludgy process where everybody feels like they're doing their part and yet nothing's getting done. For me, the big thing that being part of this program has done is it allows me to understand we're not alone that when that we're making the same mistakes that other people have made when we learn something it is so wonderful to be able to share that with somebody else and say you know wow this is what i learned the pt community is a giant part of why i think we've been able to really change so much in in so little time it feels so supportive yeah i love the fact that i can talk to somebody in Perth that is in a completely different business, in a completely different space than I am, but they're having very similar problems, they're having very similar issues, and know that I'm not the only one, that is beyond price. Oh, yes. I mean, community is massive, isn't it? And uh, the support of like-minded individuals uh, is, is huge. And I think the team we can build around ourselves makes a massive difference to uh, you know to how far we can go on the journey. So, team, this has been uh, this has been great fun, uh, and I love the insights that you've had, uh, and really appreciate you sharing your your journey. And I think what excites me is uh, I know that you've built a really solid foundation, and actually the best is yet to come for you. And I think you know that. Uh, because it's uh, it's like that that growth curve. It sort of flattens and it gets steep, and then all of a sudden it starts to really really take off. And you're real close to that, uh, which is exciting. And uh, I've got to say, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to watching that. Me too. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. This has been great. I really do appreciate everything that I've learned um, listening to you and talking with you. It's day and night different perspective on what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, team, uh, thanks so much. Uh, lovely to chat and uh, just can't wait to see the progress uh, you make in the future. Thanks. This was a lot of fun. Next week on the Profitable Tradie Podcast. Do you ever feel stretched too thin in your business and you're juggling way more than you can handle? Now, there is a simple word that most business owners use way too much and it's destroying their business. Tune into next week's podcast where we dig into the damaging word, which is yes. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources.
Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of the Profitable Trady Podcast.